0: To get with the program, with me, Jackie, Abby, and Sarah. Hi. Hello. Hi. We're back again. Again. Once again, together. It's always fun when we're all together, isn't it? Yes. Even when we're (laughs) not. We technically are. (laughs) (laughs) We're all remotely talking to each other on a screen. Yes. The power of technology. How have you guys been this week?
1: I mean, pretty much the same as last week, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, it's all okay. the same now. Isn't binging it? binging TV. The weather <laughs> yes. seems quite nice all of a sudden. I can It's not dark anymore. It's, it's not anymore. Not anymore. it's not dark. It's not dark. No. Um, might go out for a run later.
0: Ooh, Love it. Um, right. Work those cars. Show up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Do some exercise. Maybe do a face mask
0: after my run. Ooh, what? Avocado, charcoal.
1: No, I got I got like some free face masks in a um, box from from one of those beauty. Look fantastic. Boxes. Um, and so I might try that out because I feel like face masks do make your skin feel better.
0: They do. I agree. It's, it's true.
1: I don't understand what they do though.
0: But. <laughs> Hydrate your skin somehow.
1: Well, why can't cream hydrate your
0: skin in the same way? It's a drink, isn't it? <laughs> Jackie, I have lots of questions. This is a beauty This is our new glamour what, what, podcast. But so what are your skincare concerns about? Well,
1: sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, my skin could just be like that little bit better.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know when you have like secret acne that you can't really see unless it's in certain lights? Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you know what I think it is? This is my humble opinion here. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's dairy. Dairy's not good at the skin, you know. Oh, oh I really yeah, love if you, natural if yogurt. You've got as well. eczema, yeah, but I if, love cheese. This is the thing, if you've got especially if you've got eczema, yeah just stop eating dairy. I get a, a patch clear. of
1: eczema a tiny patch of eczema on
0: my arm when I'm stressed. But that's oh, right. that's the yoghurt. That's so yeah. it? Oh, it. it. Why are we not running our own lab? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And Sarah, what have you been up to? What have Obviously I been got up to? Masks. Oh, God, just working hard to keep my sanity. That's all we can do at the moment. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> I'm still watching my cat the thing with being home all day is that the cat doesn't get a moment's peace. Or just talking oh, about magenta. Is all day. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, She's and cats don't like attention her. either, do though. No, it's nice being praise praised. Just don't get up in her business. It means I get oh. her dinner earlier, so she can't get <laughs> in, thing. Independent woman. Independent Yeah, cat Cat. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um... <laughs> I've been, I've been working out actually. I, w- I work out at half six in the morning anyway,
2: oh, so I've been you. doing a
0: lot of that. Because it's just good for do you know what it is. It's like a, it's just re- releasing those endorphins into the world Yeah. All the stresses, and then living your best life until something stresses you an hour later, and then you do it all again. Do you ever stays- Not running because I haven't got that sort of stamina. I just do like high intensity cardio. Uh, you know kettlebell swing, oh tricep extensions. If we really want to go there, you must have some really muscular arms. Oh well, I Abby, mean, no. <laughs> toned arms. I don't, I don't, I don't. But you know, it's all a journey, isn't it? Yeah. I personally find living my best life involves staying in bed until seven thirty. <laughs> at the earliest. So horses, of course.
1: Yeah, six thirty is quite. Uh, that's dedication. That's a lifestyle.
0: This is it. Well, thank you, guys. Well, this, got, this is your uh, get with the program host. This is us. You're getting to know the us. real us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in uh, podcast news, this week you have interviewed Abby. Uh, Anna de Moraes. So this week I went to see Anna de Moraes, who is
1: the chief creative officer at Multi Story Media and also my former boss. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am. I've stumbled into ITV Towers to multi story media, um, and I'm joined by Chief Creative Officer of Multi story media, Correct. Anna Demores. Um, some of Anna's upcoming shows are The Big Flower Fight for Netflix, and also soon on the BBC, she'll be having a show with Rylan called You Are What You Wear. Mm-hmm. Hello, Anna. Hello, Abby. <laughs> how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I think like you in particular, you're quite an interesting, unique person in the industry because you kind of, you you didn't grow up here. Yeah. And therefore... I'm a foreigner. You can say yes, it, Abby. I can take it. You're a foreigner. Immigrant. You have an accent. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you So you didn't like grow up being like, I want to work with Bruce Forsyth and make The Generation Game.
2: No, so I grew up in Brazil, mm-hmm. and I moved here when I was 22 yep. in the year 2000, do the maths, <laughs> I am, yes. Um, and th- like British TV took me completely by surprise. Uh, Brazilian TV w- was, at the time, very old-fashioned, all old soap operas and entertainment sh- really cheesy entertainment shows mm. with like girls in bikinis in the background, holding pineapples, (laughs) literally. Stereotype of Brazil. Yeah, (laughs) so I never, I I wasn't allowed to watch television growing up. My parents were really anti-TV. We had a TV, but Mm. I wasn't allowed to watch the soaps. I wasn't allowed to watch anything. I Mm. did it anyway, like, (laughs) when they weren't there. But it was a sort of bad thing in my house. Um, And they moved, I moved here, and TV, like, blew my mind. I was a journalist in Brazil, and Mm. TV in the UK just blew my mind. If you think of 2000, like, Big Brother came on. Mm. Then there was Wife Swap, Faking It, just the sheer number of new things. The, the concept of new shows was completely new to me yeah. because the shows in Brazil had been on for like my entire life, Was the, the same shows had been on. There, wa- there wasn't this tradition of new things being launched all the time. So I was like, oh my God, this is great fun. So I watched mm. a lot of telly, but never thought, I'd, I I knew nothing about the industry. I didn't know that development was a thing. I didn't know how production worked. Um I was trying to get a job as a journalist and really struggling because like, my CV meant nothing here. You know, my university is mm. considered the best in Brazil, just saying. <laughs> uh, but here, it was like, what? No. Mm. Basically, I was getting nowhere. I um, was working in a shop and, and just doing what you know everyone does. And then I saw an ad on the paper, back when you used to buy printed <laughs> newspapers and go through the Guardian Media. Um, And the ad just said, do you like TV shows? Do you think you can come up with TV shows? And I was like, yes, maybe. So he does um, an advert for the Endemol internship scheme. And he said, you know, we're looking for people with no experience, um, send three ideas or something like that. So I did. And they invited me for uh, a sort of, it was a big deal where loads of people go and it's a sort of selection thing and had to do interviews. It was um, David Flynn and Adam Adler who were running the scheme at the time. So I had an interview with them, we had to do like brainstorms and, and things and pitch to them. And, and I was selected as one of four, uh, Kat Lynch, who is running Initial Remarkable. I think it's... I always yeah. get it mixed up. Yeah. But she was in, in my sort of ear. We started together. Um, and I was like, oh my God, they're going to pay me to come up with TV shows. It was £250 a week, but still, it was like <laughs> money to literally come up with TV shows. I just felt like the luckiest person in the world. And I still do. It mm. was really good fun. And that it was an amazing scheme because you just got m- masterclasses. So... Sim Hinks was there at the time, Richard Osman was there at the time, um, Nikki Hughes, and it was just incredible to learn from these people when we had the chance to, we we had to pitch to them every week, and to David and Adam, who are incredible. um, And it was brilliant, and and I never looked back. I was like, this is is definitely, if this is something I can do, this is what I want to do. (laughs) Uh, So then I stayed in that scheme for a year and a bit, and then they wanted to put me in production. And I remember they kept Cat on, and I was furious. I was like, I can't believe they're keeping her and letting me (laughs) go. Uh, And they put me on a production that shall not be named, but it was awful. And my job was to sort of cold call businesses and blag free prizes for Um. this terrible, terrible show that nobody watched. And I was like, oh my God, if this is production, I do not want to do it. (laughs) So I started sending my CV to other companies to try to get back into development and i went to 2020 and i stayed there for almost 10 years and you know that that was it that the rest is history i suppose
1: and then you came to multi-story yeah
2: so i stayed at uh 2020 for almost 10 years so i I sort of joined as a development researcher and made my way up to head of development director of development or whatever within those 10 years um and it uh, it was a sort of brilliant i really found my home there that's where i met tim carter who i work with now um, again, at, at Story and I was working with Jamie Isaacs, George Kay was a head of development at the time uh, and you know that's when um, the choir happened and then first dates, mm. so it was a, a brilliant time. I was having lots of fun and then BBC created uh, development Central, which was something that Danny Cohen, who was the yeah. controller at the time, wanted to try, and I went there to be creative director, stayed there for two years, and then went to two four for a couple of years. And then Tim got in touch, saying he he was coming to what was then Shiver, and um, and so I joined him. I've been here for two years now. We rebranded, became Multi Story, and it's going really well.
1: Well, uh, it's it's interesting, like how much, uh, like how it has Brazil, t- like the TV scene in Brazil changed.
2: Yeah, now? it has changed massively. So they, I don't know when it was, maybe 2005. I think they bought um, Big Brother. And it exploded. And then they've had things like Super Nanny, lots and lots of formats. So Big Brother's still going strong there. Mm. Um, so it has changed massively. And they have Netflix. Netflix is massive there. So that has really changed the the scene. Mm. So a lot of people still watch the soaps and they still watch the same shows that I watched growing up. But there's a lot more on offer.
1: It's crazy how Big Brother's basically changed the face of they TV really did, internationally. It really did, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and also, very vague uh, endemol advert that is um, typical of Endemort, I think, to this day. Because <laughs> <laughs> I worked with Dave at um, Youngest, and yeah. he they did an internship scheme as well, and yeah. the advert that we put out was slightly vague. And also the advert I answered to get that job as well at Youngest was very vague as well, so maybe it's something that he but does. But I think
2: that's a good thing, because <laughs> I think if you're too prescriptive, you're going for a yeah. certain type of person, and I think, what well, Dave and you know, and the more we're doing is r- being as broad as possible. It's, it's catching the attention of people like me who are not looking for mm. a job in TV. It's it's pretty. It's just looking for that passion. You know, if if TV is something that you're interested in, we will hear from you. And I think that's how you can tap into more um, unexpected talent and uh, um, talent and and get a more mixed and diverse group of people.
1: I guess as as a person who hires people, what do you, what is it that you look for?
2: So. Over the years, I've learned that... Because I used to think that a good development person has to have 100 ideas a day. Mm. And I've since learned that, you know, in a team, you need a good mix and it's a balance. And you do want that person. You want someone who has lots of ideas. um, But then you also need people that can take an idea and then really put the meat on the bones and really do the in-depth research and turn it into a, you know, what if we did this into something that's actual an actual show and an an actual idea. Um, So I think you want a a balance, but I think what you you do want is people that are different. They're not all tapping into the same sources of information. You need different personalities and you you need people that are curious. I think that's the main thing. You You want people that are like watching weird stuff online or watching shows that you wouldn't watch or reading things that you wouldn't read. I try to hire people that are not like me although sometimes I fail, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because there is the temptation of kind of going, oh, you're a bit like me, so we're, p- we're going <laughs> to get on. Yeah, al- also like we're going to get on. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the best teams are the ones that have a little bit of rub and th- they have people that wouldn't necessarily have found each other.
1: Um, so what show in the last year would you say that you've seen that you wish that you had come up with?
2: It's a Hard question. <laughs> I, I think actually, I think ITV... Had a few standout shows. I think um, Full Monty and Harry's Heroes mm. were uh, some of the few things that felt new and felt like they feel really authentic. They they they're not like just a bunch of random celebrities doing a random thing, and they they feel like you know they all start in a way that feels like a drama. But but then plays as a doc and 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 really moving and people going. Uh, I think Harry's Heroes in particular, um, it's 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 about men's mental health. But disguised, there's a show about footballers. Mm. Um, so I think that was beautifully done.
1: I think that's when Paddington is at its best as well, yeah. isn't it? It's dealing with something, but then also being very fun. Yeah, exactly. In its way. Being a development person, having worked with you, I know that you're a bit of an ideas machine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Flattery. um Flattery. We'll get you far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you ever get blocked and how, how do you yeah. deal with it?
2: Yeah, I do all the time. I think it's it's hard. I mean, development is relentless and I think there's always a thing of what's the next thing and have I had my last good idea? Will I ever have the next? But I think it's it's a muscle as well. You train yourself mm. and you have to get in the habit of just kind of going what's next? What's what? Ne- what's next? And um. I think I've been fortunate to, to sort of n- never find myself in a situation where I think I just can't think of anything for this brief. Mm. You know, I, I need to cancel this meeting because <laughs> I literally can't think of anything. I, I, I've i never felt like that, but sometimes, but, but not every idea is is a good idea. So yeah. I think what, what's, what's been good recently is that here, what we've been in a position to do, because we have a lot of big returning series, We have the luxury of being able to go, okay, let's take time, let's work on what is the the next thing, where do we want to pitch it, what type of idea is it, rather than being, oh my God, we need five ideas and Mm. just go after meeting, after meeting, after meeting. Because I've been in places before where it's just too relentless and you're just uh, uh, treating it more like a numbers game and just trying to have as many ideas as you can, um, which is not ideal. Then I think it's harder because then you end up with, I don't know, eight More you know mediocre ideas Mm. rather than one or two that you really love. On the side, you write children's books. Well, I have written. I've I've written a couple of children's books. To be honest, it's it's not something that I do that often. Um, one. So basically, the stories in in my husband used to work in advertising. He's now creating has become. Uh, successful author and illustrator of children's books, Tiago de Morris, Go and look it up on Amazon. <laughs> um, but so he does that full time, and then together because sometimes we have conversations, you know, and have ideas. So I have written a couple of picture books that he has illustrated, but it's not something that I do all the time because you know it's life is busy, and also the the this sort of children's book market is really crowded. It's worse than Telly, isn't it? It's so crowded, so it's really. It's like a celebrity market, in. isn't it? It is. It's really TV is getting p- a bit that way as well, would you say? I. What I'd say about TV is that I look at the number of startups at the moment mm. and I go, it's not sustainable. Like The number of companies out there going, there are only so many slots. I suppose the asphalt is not changing that because it's not so slot-driven anymore. So there are more clients than ever and there are more opportunities than ever. But I... I am, you know, I am in awe of people that have the courage to go and set up and start from scratch. You know, that mm. was something I was considering at one point, and then I just thought, you look at the business plan that you, and how how many commissions you need to get, and it's so daunting. And I I decided to come here instead, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of have the luxury of those returners, yeah. And then treated a bit as a startup because we were rebranding, so you know we wanted to reinvent Shiva, which we have done, but without being without having to stare an empty shelf and and no money i think it's really scary out there um if you're just starting out mm. from nothing
1: yeah i guess you have like the luxury of having all those big shows yeah. and therefore there's less pressure yeah to bring in money exactly um Yeah, but I also think, like, to to an extent with you looking at stuff like Netflix doing deals with certain, like the Obamas, for example, Mm. soon to be possibly Harry and Meghan. (laughs) um, Do you feel there's, like, a slight pressure on even a big company like Multistory in that because you aren't
2: Harry and Meghan? No. um. There's... i don't think so i think i think there's still a lot of appetite for a good idea Mm -hmm. and yes talent helps i think if you come armed with talent that's good but it's interesting i i had a a meeting on netflix today and and ben kelly was saying for them it's still idea first talent second Mm. they'd rather have you know a format or something that they believe in and then attach talent He said it's really hard to get something away that's too talent-dependent um, because then it, it's it's all or nothing, and unless you come with that person attached, then we all know how hard it is to get those big names attached. So I think it's still possible to get ideas away, and and certainly my experience both with Flower Fight and You Are What You Wear, it was very much ideas first, and then a conversation about who will be the host, you know, who is the talent, and very often. Those people, the talent can be transformative. Like Ryland definitely makes you Are what you wear, his thing, and it's brilliant. And I cannot imagine it with anyone else. But they, they invest, they they bought the format first. Mm. Yeah, no,
1: that that relieves me because uh, that is a mild panic that yeah. I have in my like I think anyone has, but because it's so every day you're like meant to think about talent, and so sometimes I'm like, does ideas matter anymore? Yeah. So it's good no, to hear. No, they definitely do. What advice do you have for someone who's looking to get into television?
2: So, first of all, you have to put yourself out there. Um, I think really important to do your homework and research. You know what what are the types of shows that you like that you would like to be doing. So, what are the companies? Because I think it's a bit pointless to send your CV to everyone and ev- you know and anyone. There are so many companies out there. So. Do your homework, find out, you know, where would you genuinely like to, to be working and then try to find an email for not necessarily the talent people, but you know, if mm-hmm. you can get you know, if you can find out who the creative director is or an exec or someone and then send an email introducing yourself, it helps if you have something like if you have stuff on YouTube or if you have a podcast or if you have a blog or whatever it is just to show what you're about to show that you're creative it's really hard to stand out you know people get inundated with CV so anything that you have that shows that you can actually create something or shows your sense of humor or shows uh, that you have ideas or that you can execute them or come armed with you know i i know talent as in and i, I don't mean famous people but i mean you know
0: Exposed, experts yeah. exposing
2: in an area or i've been thinking about access to this place or another rather than just a, a bland general cover email. you may need to try to stand out i remember when you sent your cv you know you, you had links to the things that you have on <laughs> yeah. on youtube and it, it helps a lot i think these days you have to think a lot of the people working in telly they are super talented they can film they can cut they can you know do photoshop so if you can do those things, that's amazing. And then you have to show it off from the start. You know, here are mm. examples of the things that I can do. If you can't, then you have to send out in another way. Then it has to be about your ideas. Don't just send a CV, send an actual idea. Yeah. It can be just a paragraph. Don't do anything long. No one is going to read the whole page. But literally one line, you know, of the things you've been thinking about or thoughts that you're having. One last question. Um, let's end on a mic drop.
1: <laughs> if there's anything that you could change about the industry and
2: this is the one where yeah. you could potentially make enemies yeah, do you want to make any I enemies know, on that I know, I'm going to say it I'm going to say it I think I understand why channels work the way that they do with controllers and heads of department but I think it's slightly gobsmacking that the decision of what gets put on television is down to like three people, for people. About this today. and don't get me wrong the a lot of the channel controllers are incredible and very impressive and you know, i can't think of anyone that i admire more than charlotte moore she's a total genius and she absolutely understands bbc but having said that i think there should be more plural pr- plurality of voices mm-hmm. i can't even say the word but i think you can't help if, if th- all the decisions go down to one person, it's kind of you're cutting out a lot of ideas, I think, inevitably. So I wonder if there is a world in which genre heads could have a bit more autonomy and a little bit more power Um, so that you get a little bit more diversity of voices and, and ideas and, and just, you know... A, more risk i think you know if it all goes down to one person it's always going to be a little bit more risk averse so it probably wouldn't work on a practical Mm. level but i do think about that sometimes
1: well i knew
2: i had a eureka moment today
1: actually and i was like if you look at any development team the reason why you have so many different like ages and voices in a development team is because you know ultimately that will probably make an idea that appeals to more than one audience And I don't really understand why commissioning teams can't also have, you know, be set up more like development teams so that they understand a variety of audiences. When you have most channels like youth channels being decided for by people who are no longer in that audience, it's never going to be as authentic and is always going to be one step behind, I think. Yeah. Especially when you compare it to someone like Netflix, which has algorithms which show you exactly what young people are watching. Mm. Um, but yeah, I completely am there with you for that. Yeah,
2: but maybe don't put that in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, change doesn't happen unless someone says, no, it. No, I, I know, I know.
2: <laughs> and I, and I, as I say, I have a lot of respect for all the channel controllers and I think they do an incredible job. I just wonder if it could be done slightly differently. <laughs> <laughs> Emoji face. That that was great. Thank you so much, Anna. You're very welcome.
1: Um, I hope that people will listen and find it very useful.
2: Me too and take
1: from your, take from your expertise oh, Thank
2: you Thank you for listening to this episode of Get with the program. If you want to find out more about us you can go to our website www.thetvfestival.com, or you can find out more about the network or wants to watch on our Twitter and Instagram pages at the network underscore TV or at wants to watch underscore TV. We'll have more episodes coming very soon. But in the meantime, there's plenty in our archive for you to listen to. Thank you again and we'll see you soon. Bye.